The game is never over till the end. Deshaun Lowe's right side. Whenever that clock strikes zero. Caught DeAndre Hopkins. Touchdown, Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Game day is every day. A ghost to the end of us. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. The fight for it intercepted. He's got it. How about that? Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. Well, inside NRG Stadium tonight means at the atrium at Lambeau Field. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you as we scrambled back here. We wanted to be with you. We were going to do the show from the hotel. We had equipment issues. So we raced. And by raced, I mean I broke several laws in Green Bay on the way over here. I don't want to say that too loud because I might get citizens arrested here. Can I tell you how scared I was just now? (laughs) <laughs> that I was, I thought we were gonna die. In I was like, car, I'm gonna, di- I'm gonna die in Green Bay two days before <laughs> first preseason game. And was that a little quick? Andre Ware was gonna have to call the game by himself. We got here. In, in our, we got here like yeah. seven minutes uh, for a 15 minute ride. <laughs> but, but you know, you know what the key we made is it. when you're late. I mean, obviously, it's so frustrating. But the key is, if you have a big left turn, if you get that light, that's that's minutes right there. That's yes. three minutes right there. Yes. We got that big left turn, bam, on the way to Lombardi Avenue, and here we are. When we saw at, Lambo. It was like, yes, yeah. we're going to make we, it. I, I was hate, on the phone with D- BMAC the whole way, like, okay, here's what we got to do. <laughs> you get this interview ready. Tell yeah. Rick to throw it into it if we don't make it. And then we walked in with a minute to spare. If you don't hear from us soon, notify our loved ones because something really <laughs> bad happened in Green Bay. Now, it's just one of those things. I hate to begin the show like that, but we literally just got here seconds ago after uh, breaking the land speed record in Wisconsin. So, it's Texans All Access. It's been quite a day. Another practice. We were on the air this morning talking about the day to come. Now the day is over. The Texans are getting ready. There's no more joint session with the Packers. Tomorrow they'll have a little walkthrough. The Texans will have meetings, and then they'll play a game on Thursday night, and that will be very cool stuff. So let's just start off by talking about some of the things that went down today. Now before we get to the field stuff, Johnny, I want to get to this place. I think it's incredibly special to begin this season. I mean, every season is special. But it's the 2019 year, the 100th anniversary of the National Football League. This is a 100-year-old team we're playing here. Right. And the more time you spend here, the more you realize that this is truly special to be here. This is hallowed ground in the National Football League. And I've always said that, and I've been here before, but not for this long. And I saw the Packer Hall of Fame. And it's been a pleasure to see it with John Harris, by the way, who was here until he was 11 years old. And I saw you watch practice with your dad, who was a high school football coach here yeah. uh, for Marinette, right? That's the yes, town? Yes, Marinette. I mean, it, it, it was and we really... saw that upstairs at the Packer Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, they're, they're here because they played in the biggest high school game ever played in Green Bay or something. That's how it's dubbed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, it must have been some sort of state championship. But the Packer Hall of Fame is so impressive, and it goes way back before Lombardi, and it's just really interesting to see – all the history, how it all started, the Acme Packers, and Chris Jones is going to throw up because he's an Eagles fan. He's our producer here, and he's been here since like 4 in the morning. Anyway, Jonesy, thank you for all you do. But it's very cool to be here, to be a part of that this week, this year, the 100th year. To start the season off this way I think is very special. It's been very cool. I mean, obviously for me growing up, 
you know, you think about being a kid and what teams you followed growing up. I mean, I lived in this state, and so when you live in this state, it's Packers, Bucks, Brewers, mm-hmm. and you're a Badgers fan. And now there might be some collegi- collegiate alliances that you, you know, change along the way because you go to that school or whatever, but it's those three teams. Right. There, there's, there's nothing else. You don't, you're not in the state of Texas where baseball, you have a choice of Astros, Rangers. You have a choice of Cowboys, Texans. You have Rockets, Mavs, Spurs. It is Badgers, Packers, Brewers, Bucks. Done. And so that's what you grew up doing. I mean, to, to me, growing up here, Lambeau Field was like, you know, it was Lambeau Field. It was where we saw the Packers. Like, yeah, okay. But it's, it's become this, this hallowed ground, and it was, it was so cool to, to spend that with my dad because we went to games when I was a kid. We've never, we had never watched practice before together because he was coaching. I was playing. I was coaching. He retired. They moved to Wisconsin. I was at the Texans, and I was like, there's just never – we never got to do that, but we had a chance to do that on, on Monday, and it was really cool. And he, I think he enjoyed it. I uh, saw my mom. It was just really cool to share that. Of course that. he enjoyed it. Uh, oh, it my god! It was so cool to, to, to really, truly enjoy what Lambeau has to offer. And then we went to the Packer Hall of Fame. And it was interesting because the Packer Hall of Fame used to be across the way with Brown County Arena. Right. And it was right next door. And so I'll never forget my 10th birthday, 1982, because it was the weekend of the Final Four. U of H was playing North Carolina. Georgetown was playing – um, who Georgetown played? Georgetown won to get into the finals, and so that was that weekend. And we went to. I wanted to go to the Packer Hall of Fame. That's what I wanted to do for my birthday. And we went in there, and we got some great pictures of me being a young kid. And it, it was just such a great memory. And so coming here was like we got to see the Packer Hall of Fame. And so we were in. We were in and around. And I said, "Let's go in. Let's see you did your thing, talking to the people, and they let us in." And we walked around. It was just you look. We were looking at the history of the game i mean we're 17 years old as a franchise i mean we're we're basically just able to drive a car now you know these guys have been around since yeah. 1919 and you just the, the i mean they had a setup of of vince lombardi's office his phone his desk his little chair, radio I mean, his, his radio yeah it's, it's it was so it, good. it was incredible i i just i i'm still even having been that young and gone through it to see, and then some of the new stuff they have in there. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's just incredible. Well, it's this high whole tech. complex has been unbelievable. It's high-tech and historic. Yeah. One other note on the history of this team, which is really fascinating to me because when they started playing the NFL 100 years ago, the Packers were playing teams from places <laughs> like <laughs> Iron Marinette. Mountain, Michigan, and Marinette, and what is Ipshiming? Uh, uh, Ishpeming. Ishpeming. Sheboygan. Boy, I always get that wrong. Sorry. But the controversy but Racine. started. Yeah, Racine. But the controversy in that year started because they, they won games like 565 to 6. Yeah. But they <laughs> lost a game, and the Green Bay Papers all blamed on the refs. And apparently, as it was proclaimed, they lost to the uh, Beloit Ferries. Yeah, and the reason they were called the Fairies was because that team was owned by the Fairburn Paper Company or something, something like, like that. that. And so they they lost to the Beloit Fairies. But they're playing teams like that. That's how the NFL I, started. That's how it grew. Yeah, and you have the Decatur Staleys who became the Bears right. and everything. And I think that that's the roots. I mean, there's yes. no doubt. I don't think that's the fact. Right. And that's how the NFL started. And look at the NFL now. Look at yeah. the Pack. Never mind the NFL. Look at the Packers now. Yeah. This building, this empire they it's have here started that way. And it's really cool just to get a slice of the <laughs> so, history. So here, this is a great one. So we went up to the Packers offices because we wanted to get oh, yeah. uh, the game releases. Yeah. So which, which every team puts everybody, this out. Every team puts it out. It's and a press release about what's 
not what's going to happen, but the setup of the game. It's great homework to do. It's great homework to do if you haven't seen the teams. And a lot of times when you play a team during the year, you may not have seen them at some point. And obviously the Packers, we only play them every four years. So you know, they, they, there's still some new stuff there. And obviously we've got to get ready for Thursday. So we wanted to go up there and get our game releases. So we go up to the Packers offices and we meet uh, the wonderful, wonderful host. I mean, she was incredible. And she's like, okay, who are you guys with? Okay, we're going to get you the right person. I mean, she was fantastic. So the problem was is you, you were explaining to her, hey, we need these game releases. You know, we'd like to be yeah. able to get those. And she's looking at us, and she can't, like, what? She what is that? She can't figure it out. Like, yeah. what is it? And then finally she goes, oh, are you talking about the dope sheet? The dope sheet. The dope sheet. And we're like, uh, yeah, the dope sheet. To get the dope on the game. Right. And so we went to the Packers Hall of Fame, and that's what they called it in the 20s. Yeah. In the early 20s, they called it the dope sheet. And that was the info, get the dope on the game, like to get the information yeah. on the game. And that hasn't changed. That name has stayed all the way through to the point that she didn't even know that we wanted just a game release. Like, a game. oh, the game release is the dope sheet. It took her a few minutes to figure, oh, you guys want the dope? Okay, I know who to call. Called the right person. Ryan came out. He gave us the dope sheet. And it was like, we're all good. But it's just that was something that has stayed with them from the 20s, which I think is it, – it, it just goes to show what this place is really all about, the tradition that's here. That they could, The game release was like, no, 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 no. It's not called the game release. It's the dope sheet. I love that tradition. All right, the tradition of joint practices, a big one under Bill O'Brien. He's done it from the get-go since he got the job in 2014. They do it again this year. Next week it'll be the Lions. This week the Packers, of course. So day two was in full pads, Texans, Packers. There was another, I wouldn't call it a fight, but guys pushing yeah, each other around. I mean, it was after Deshaun Watson found Demarie Crockett yeah. uh, coming across, kind of hit him weak side after yep. faking things through a strong side left. Crockett leaks out, weak side, dumps him the ball. And I was watching Crockett catch and run with the ball. The and then open. corner of my eye, oh, I see a bunch of pushing and shoving. I think Khalil was in the middle of it. I, I would imagine there were some Twitterazzi people who got a better look at it than I did. Yeah. But I found that notable, and I thought maybe they call it off right here. I thought, are we going to get another Washington? Yeah. Now that was brutal. Yeah, that was. And, a and after that, ha- yeah, that after that happened, they separated the teams and just worked, and right. that was it. And that was get the you know what out of Richmond <laughs> at the end of that hard knocks Chase episode. Famous line. Yeah, but this I thought was good work today by the team again, and I I think the Texans look proficient. Um, it's not perfect on offense. I mean, there are some mistakes, of course. I think Watson takes chances, but I think you're seeing a lot of positives out there. And you said it this morning how, yeah, it looks like the talent is there for this football team, at least versus the Packers for now. That's all you have to gauge yourself on. And it seemed to be the case again today. Yeah, it felt that way. I I spent a lot of time watching the offense today. And, and look, the the Packers have some interior dudes between – Montrevious Adams, Kenny Clark, who I think is one of the better ones in the game, Dean Lowry, who they just re-upped with. And those guys, in one-on-ones, they gave some fits to the interior guys. But when it got to the team period, there's a great, there's a great moment. And I, I, you guys heard me mention Waka Flock of Flame. The reason I brought that up was after punt returns, which is funny because Kiki QT's back on punt returns, and the punter for the Packers can't get them the ball. He just keeps – he can't get it to them. And so QT and Steven Mitchell, the two guys back there, QT's like – Come on, man, kick us the ball. Like, they're getting really fired up. So there was, always, there was already a little bit of that. So they go down to the far field, and as they're going down to the far field, they're playing music the whole time. So Waka Flocka Flame uh, is on, uh, comes on, and it's Grove Street Party. And 
our guys, our offensive guys go nuts. It turns into a dance party. Guys are jumping up and down and looking to huddle. Deshaun is just like, yeah, I mean, Kiki's in the huddle and he's doing the same thing. Like, a whole sideline is going berserk. And I'm like, all right, the juice is here. I look over on the other side and it's nothing. Green Bay is just stoic. So, So four plays. First play, Lamar Miller run, gets about five, seven yards before he's touched. The next one, uh, he hits Darren Fells for a touchdown, like right, like right in stride. I mean, gorgeous throw. And then the next one was the one to Demarie, where Demarie. And if you if you're trying to visualize the play, think back to one of Lamar Miller's touchdowns against Tennessee, where he goes through the line, he leaks out to the right, and everybody went with all the other receivers to the other side, yeah. and Lamar was all by himself. That was that play, right? And Crockett catches it and basically walks in the end zone. So I started running out of my notes. And all of a sudden, I look up, and it's like, oh, and I hear, you know, the crowd, you know, saying things, and all of a sudden it's, you know, kind of a dust-up. And, and Matt Khalil, I think, was in the middle of that, but who cares? Who I mean, cares? Who cares? I mean, that's, it was just, you know, a little pushing and shoving, but I just – I love the fact – look, Matt hasn't been here for very long, but they all had his back, and he definitely was not about to let them get to the quarterback, that's for sure. You watch more offense or defense today? More offense today. I spent a lot of time with the offense. Because you spent a lot of time with the defense yeah. yesterday. Yep. Darn so, it. It was, uh, it was, it was a good day. I, I, there was a stretch, there was a stretch of Watson to Jordan Akins in a two-minute situation. Yeah, I, I, I started to write down on my notebook. I started to write down if you guys want a fantasy player late, late rounds, yeah. draft Jordan Akins. Yeah, take a shot. And you can thank me. Although later. I think that if if we're just talking pure fantasy football here, I think the tight ends on the Texans might not cancel each other out, but water yeah, they, each other down as far as total production they'll spread it out right you know they'll, they'll spread it out over the entire piece of bread there uh because I, thomas will be heard from he had four touchdown catches last year wearing look i don't know how they're going to use him. i don't know how quickly it's going to happen because of what you just said about akins and what we already know about thomas yep. but wearing is hard not to notice out there and you're going to see him maybe in the first half on thursday certainly in the second half it's going to be fun to watch yep and A.J. McCarron, what happened with him? He don't, was looked at by the athletic trainers. I, don't, I haven't seen anything. Um, I have not seen – actually, I haven't seen any of the Texas staff. We've been, <laughs> we've been coming we've back been and busy. forth over here. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. When Bill O'Brien was asked about it, he just said, I don't know. Okay. That, that, he just said, I don't know. And, which, I mean, look, I mean, they're, they're running practice. He just yeah. knows that A.J. went off the field. He hadn't had a chance to talk to Cap and break everything down, which he typically does. So he didn't know. He just I, I don't know. Right. So hopefully it's not bad. I, I don't I don't I thought at first might be a hand wrist. I I don't know. Hopefully it's not bad because AJ's been phenomenal. I really want to see him on Thursday night. Next up, let's hear from Will Fuller, DP City who catches up with him and a bunch of other things, including but not limited to Brandon Dunn, Taiwan Jones, time permitting, and a whole bunch of other stuff on Texans All Access. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial, or else. This is Deshaun Watson. The bomb from Deshaun Watson. And you're listening to Texans Radio. My goodness. I like the um, sensationalized promo about Deontay Foreman. I mean, think he'll have anything to prove. He might not make the team. Yeah, okay, they got three is, good running backs. Is he going to make the team man. in Indy? I mean, listen, he's not. I mean, is he going to knock any one of those guys? We saw him last year. Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, and uh, Christian Wilkins. 
Christian, not Christian Wilkins. Uh, Jordan Wilkins. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can knock. He better than any one of those other guys. Well, here's the thing. They've all done more than he has already. The, the thing about Deontay and, you know, God love him, is upside, right? Yeah, he's got a right. lot of upside. But, you know, he's had one really good game, and he's made some other plays, and I mm-hmm. love what I've seen in those spurts. But yeah. we all agreed that he's got to be able to stay out there on a consistent basis yeah. and, and do everything on a consistent basis, and then you're going to maybe reap the benefits or some benefits and maybe a lot of benefits. But the fact is... He hasn't been able to do that. Yep. So until he does, uh, he won't get the opportunity to prove it October 20th. So maybe he should be listening to that promo. It's not really firing us up. You should play the promo for him. That should be a promo to be played in Indianapolis to fire up your player, Colts. I just don't think he's going to beat out. That's him. a pro Colts promo. That's what that is. I don't, I don't think – I honestly don't think that he is going to beat any of those other three guys out because – Marlon Max pro- is more than likely your number one, more than likely. But Hines is your third down back, and yeah. Hines will play on special teams, and Wilkins will play on special teams. Deontay Hines is going to play on special teams. Now, they might try and make him October hey. 20 if he's playing special teams. Smart, tough, dependable, okay? Dependable, big yeah. word. Dependability, yeah. availability, all that. So let's see if he can do that, and uh, we wish him the best, except during uh, two days in particular during the regular season if he does happen to make the club. All right, let's get to this now. Will Fuller, he's going to make the club here. And Will Fuller coming back from knee surgery. Will Fuller out there looking good. Knock wood. D.P. Sidhu catches up with Will. Joining us today on the Deep Slant one-on-one presented by Xfinity, Will Fuller, Will, out here for joint practices in Green Bay. How's it, how's it been to go against a different team in camp? I mean, I think it felt, I mean, it feels real good coming out here and competing against another team, you know, especially with my long layoff. You know, I haven't played against anybody in a long time, so I feel good to get out here and compete against uh, some other guys. A lot of people were surprised that heading into camp, you were ready to go from day one, and you talked about just the road to recovery from your ACL. Did you feel like you were ready when camp started? Because clearly not a surprise to you that you're out here. Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I, I, I haven't been going up against anybody, so I didn't really know what to expect. But, you know, once I got out there, I felt, I felt you know, way better than I thought I would. And then, you know, right now, you know, I feel like um, I'm doing way better than I thought I would. So uh, I guess that's a good thing. You said, I saw on Instagram, you said you were humbled by the last nine months. What did you mean by that? Yeah, it really is. Just, you know, that was a long time off from football. You know, that's the longest I've haven't been, I, I've been without football in, in my life. So um, just, you know, you know, watching watching the team, you know, through, through their ups and downs, you know, not being able to, you know, help them. It was just real humbling not being, you know, not being you know, able to play football and, and really want to and just, you know, you know, just, just reminding myself never to take it for granted. Is that the biggest injury that you've had over the course of playing football, the one that's probably put you out for the longest or the toughest to come back from, would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so you and Deshaun Watson, 11 games, 11 touchdowns. That chemistry is clearly there. But when you come back this year, was it like riding a bike again, like picking it up right where you left off? Uh, no, I wouldn't even say that. You know, it, I'm, I'm still, you know, progressing. You know, I'm still working through some things with my knees. So, um, you know, we're out there, you know, working it out. You know, I'm, I'm start, I'm feeling better. You know, each practice I'm out here. You know, so um, just, you know, just being out here has helped me a lot, and it's especially, you know, being with Deshaun again. You know, just getting that, getting that timing down, um, just so we can, you know, continue where we left off. A lot of people talk about that road to recovery being a long one. For you, it was nine months. Was there some time in your recovery that you felt like it was a turning point for you that things were on the road to recovery? Um, can you do you remember like a feeling like that in a certain moment? Like I, I'm I'm on my way back. Yeah, it was definitely it was a, it was a lot of stages. You know, I just had to keep hitting milestones. So I remember the, fir- the first time I ran. You know how this how weird that felt, but you know it felt good to get out there and, and run again. 
Um, you know, the, the first time I spun spun the bike on the on the, I mean, got my knee around on the bike. You know, it was just a, a lot of stages, but I, I feel like every one, you know, it, it felt good to me. How excited are you with Hopkins, you, Kiki QT, the three of you out there, and everything that you think that this offense is capable of doing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's looking good right now. I tell you that we just gotta, you know, as long as everybody stay healthy, I think the sky's the limit. So. Um, we're going to continue to keep working out here to, to, to continue to get better, but you know, I, I feel like we're, I mean, we're looking real good when we're all together. Andre Johnson, you didn't get a chance to play with them, but he's obviously here on the coaching staff. What sort of insight does he offer to you? Do you pick his brain a lot about the wide receiver position? What's, what's that relationship like with you and Andre? Yeah, he's one, you know, he's one of the greatest receivers that play the game, so you know, just him being out here it, you know, it helps us a lot, and he's in all of our meetings, so you know, um, we all ask him questions, you know, certain things about route running or, or releases or or if he just wants to step in and give us give us his insight, you know, it's, it's all helpful because you know he he wanted you know the greatest to do it. So you know, so it, I I think that's a real um, that's a good change for us this year because we didn't have him last year. And I, I, I could see differences already. On the opposite side of the team, um, with the Packers, you've got a couple of former teammates out there. I noticed Equinamia St. Brown. You guys worked out together, and then a former quarterback as well. Did you get a chance to catch up with some of your former Notre Dame teammates? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I talked to them, you know, these, these past two days, you know. So it's, it's always good catching up with, with guys you play with, you know, it's, uh, in college. All right, so now that the team is together in Wisconsin, you guys are actually having this camp dorm life experience. The linebackers are playing video games. The D-line is playing cards and doing charades. What can you tell us about the wide receivers, what you guys do when you're together? You guys are very close as it is, but is there anything extra that you guys are doing in your spare time? De definitely playing video games. You know, camp, camp is a ground, so you, you got to take, you know, you got you got to gotta do something to get your mind off of it. And, we, and most of us playing playing some games, you know, hanging out on, on, on uh, off days, just, you know, just trying to be together and just, you know, get our mind off football for just a little bit. All right, what's the game of choice and who's the best at it? We all play different games, but I, right now I'm playing 2K. I know I'm the best at that on the team, so um, whatever game I'm playing, I'm the best. So it's, it's really no competition. <laughs> all right, not, obje not subjective at all. Thanks so much, Will. Have a great camp. Thank you, thank you. All right, Will Fuller with D.P. Sidhu, wide receiver, making his way back from knee surgery. Deshaun Watson did it last year. Fuller does it this year. And, hey, if Fuller can have the kind of recovery that Deshaun did, we're in really good shape wow, with yeah. those two. Uh, that connection looks really good out here, Johnny. And I, I just continue to knock wood, be very happy to see QT Fuller and Hopkins out there. I think Vincent Smith is going to play a lot Thursday night. Yep. I think you're going to see a lot of Tyron Johnson, number 13 in your program. And a lot of people, we've been talking about him for months now. Yeah. And the poor fans listening, like, who, how, what? Yeah. I mean, you see him a little bit in these highlight reels, but we don't really get into extensive we're not going to show you 11 on 11, who caught yeah. a touchdown pass in practice. A lot of this stuff is sizzle reel stuff. And, and so no one's had a look at these guys, and I'm really excited for everybody to catch the preseason game in whichever way you can on Thursday night and just to get a flavor of what this thing is about that they're working on, especially with that group right there. I think it's a very deep group with health included, of course, but a very deep and exciting group of receivers. We don't really need to see much of the big three. We want to see some of the other guys and see who could possibly fill in the gaps. Well, Mark, I'll take it a step further. I just call them pass catchers. Call yeah. the tight ends and wide receivers yeah. in there because, to me, the group that has probably – I think by far been the best over two days has been the tight ends. And I don't really think it's close. I think the tight ends have been phenomenal, even without Jordan Thomas. I mean, Akins, Fells, Adams, 
wearing yeah. have been. And people are saying, who's Adams? Jarrell Adams. Adams. You're going to see Adams him. has made some catches. Number Joe 89, Webb. you will see him on Thursday. Trust us. You absolutely will. And Joe, Joe Webb is connected with Adams a number of times, but the tight ends have been incredible. Uh, Kylie Waring continues to catch touchdowns. He had another one today at the end of a, at the end of a red zone drill. Offensive players just going nuts for him. I mean, it was – it's been really good. And you heard it from Will. Look, the one thing you know about Will Fuller is when he does an interview, he is not blowing smoke. So when he tells you it's going well, Mm -hmm. and you could hear him, he's like, yeah, it's going pretty well. That's an indication. They know. Right. They feel it. They have an idea of how good it can be. So health, just give us 16 games. Just give us 16 games of those guys, those guys at tight end. Please. And, of course, of number four. And, and that's hard. That's hard to get to. But, you know, I think about Lamar a lot because Lamar last year, he didn't play 16 games. He missed a couple of games. But that's going to happen because you're, running back, you're just going to get you're going to get beat up a little bit. Hopefully a wide receiver, you don't get beat up as much. And hopefully Hop doesn't get beat up as much. And those guys can play 15, 16 games, which would be fantastic. And if they are, they're going to set they're going to set records that the Texans have never seen before. All right, coming, great. coming up, your conversation with Taiwan Jones, two minutes with a Texan. That's going to be a quick one, but he's a special teams guru, if yep. you will. That's how he stayed in the league. He's entering his eighth season in the NFL, and he's been one of those guys that hasn't gotten to Pro Bowls or anything, but you have seen him do a lot of stuff for NFL teams behind the scenes. Lunch pail type guy. And also, let's go around opponents on the Texan schedule, what they're up to in camp. Let's do that. And a couple of other players we're watching for for Thursday night, and you should be too. It's Texans All Access. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. Now back to more Texans Talk on Texans All Access. I like that promo. I like that one. And I love Sterner's voice. I really do. In fact, my video guys, our video department, they love Sterner's voice so much they had him voice one of our 53 features, Johnny. Yes. And... Be Mac. I, I don't B-Mac. think I've ever voiced a 53 feature. I have. I, I, I voiced, know you have. I've voiced the one about the first game against Dallas. You did the one about the first game. I don't think I've ever done one. What's going on? I, I'm in a lot of the highlights. That's the problem. They don't <laughs> yes. want duplication of my voice. That's exactly right. I, I'm, I'm a little hurt that I have not been asked to do this. It's funny because, all right, just full disclosure here, I run the department, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Wait a second. What? <laughs> what? That's, what? That's the best thing I've ever heard. It's like, full disclosure, I run the department. I run the department. <laughs> like... But but I I let those guys, and you know how I am. You know uh, how I am. Like, I want the creative people yeah. to create unless I don't like it. <laughs> unless I have a big problem my, with it. My favorite part, my favorite part is when DP comes in with, with the uh, training camp opens. Oh, yeah. And brings it in. I micro those. I micro the snot out of those. <laughs> She'll okay. play it for you, and I'm like, DP, I like that. And I look across the table, and it's like, mm. <laughs> You know that's, that I'm, that's not, that I'm going to tinker with it. Well, because And then, like, three or four days into training camp, you're like, you know, it's kind of growing on me. I kind of like that. I'm well, like, I'm, this yeah. year's, and, and, and what Johnny's talking about is the open to the show in the morning. And, well, the one you heard on tonight's show, yeah. I – I'm big on openings. I am. Mm-hmm. And you know what it is? It's from when I was a kid watching TV. Yes. And right. it, it doesn't, it, not even sports necessarily. 
a show needs a good open. Yes. A show needs a good opening song or a good opening moment or something. Something memorable, like, yes. I, I love the format of James Bond movies. Yeah. yeah, You know, what you're watching, you see right. the gun barrel. It's not an eye. It's a gun barrel, and you see him walking across. They all begin like that, right? Right. And then you have the beginning scene, and then you have the song. I like I like format like yeah. that. And, and, like, and But some of the James Bond songs are just so terrible. Don't even get me started. Anyway, I love that. I love the old 70s cop shows openings. I love Monday Night Football the yeah. way it was more than the, the way it is now. Yeah. The original. I yeah. think Sunday Night Football, they've done a pretty good job with that as well. Yeah. Okay? So I, I just love it. I love, you know, everyone here in Houston loves the 90s NBC NBA opening. John Tesh. The John, yeah, John Tesh actually wrote that, right? Round ball something. I, I like. Like I actually like the CBS '80s one better. I, I love. I love the. I love the '80s CBS one. The NBC. That is awesome. It is. It is. And it's, it's called way, Round Ball something. Uh, yeah, something like that. It's way better than whatever ABC does now. Yeah, Except ABC has Van Gundy, and no. I love him. But you're right. The opens. To opens me, are important. I I love the open. Like on TV, if I'm watching a big college game, mm-hmm. I love how they'll string together the open. Like the open to me, this yeah, I, it's it's everything. So I want the hair on the back of my neck to stand yes. up. That's my requirement. Yes. And if it doesn't, we've got a problem. That's 1993, all. Florida State, Notre Dame, one versus two. It's one of the greatest openings to any TV show, radio show, anything I've ever seen. Wait, was it's it phenomenal? Notre it's, Dame, it's Florida State. Phenomenal. Oh, really? Who yeah, did? Who it, was doing that game? CBS, NBC, so, NBC. It was, no, it was a Notre Dame. It was home a Notre game? Dame home game. Okay. And it was one versus two, and Notre Dame ended up winning it. And it's, it's a phenomenal open. I remember in 1993 when they played it. And my mom, <laughs> we were playing at Dartmouth that day, so I would have my mom record the games mm-hmm. on VCR tapes and then send the tapes to me so I could watch them up at Brown. So that was when I first got to see it. So. I send it. She sends it to me, and I, I would always tell her, "Look, make sure you record in time to get the open. Like, you I want like, everything. I want the open, and that one for sure." And she sent it to me, and I watched. It. I was like, "Whoa!" I ran that. I didn't even start the game. I ran it back and watched it again. I was like, "That's really cool." Yeah. Well, look, it was really cool. I, I'm not a Florida State guy, as you know, because I'm a of University course. of Miami guy. But that Chief Osceola and Renegade and the Burning Spear. I know you were at Notre Dame for that game, but. Oh, my gosh. I showed that to my kid once. I'm like, this is one of the great college football traditions. Oh, it really is. 96 when I was at Tallahassee, and it was one versus two, Florida versus Florida State. Yeah. I've never seen. And we saw Leroy Butler today. We saw Leroy Butler, who played, yeah. uh, who was from Jacksonville. So I talked to him a little bit about that, but he played at Florida State. And when, when Chief Osceola came out to throw the spear down, mm-hmm. I've never seen a team win a game on the spot right there like they did. I, I was like, they're winning this game today. And Florida could, Florida could score 30 points blindfolded that yep. year. And Chief Osceola threw that spear in the ground. I was like, it was on. The first time I saw that live at Florida State, I was so blown away. And they had, they had a good team. They had yeah. Winky, Peter Warwick, who didn't play that day because it was the uh, footlock. Was it footlock? The Dillards. No, it was Dillard. Dillards. Dillards. Footlocker was another Lavernius Coles, a.k.a. Treble. Yeah. But they still – beat the University of Miami that day. Yeah, that was, that was in 99. Anyway, le- don't mean to reminisce so much, but I guess we, we just did. We so did. let's get to this. Guys who are trying to make this team try to do it in a variety of ways, clearly. All right? If you're on that bubble or even not so much on the bubble, you know you have to multitask. You have to play your position. You have to play special teams. Taiwan Jones has been one of the very best at doing this throughout a career 
that has him now looking at his eighth season in the National Football League. And John Harris went 40 yards with him, the 40, at camp today. All right, it's time to go 40 yards with one of the fastest guys in the field. So I'm very interested in this first question. Taiwan Jones, we asked this of everybody. Mm-hmm. It's the very, what's the fastest Me. 40 you ever ran? 427. Man, I don't know if I can run 20 yards that fast. <laughs> what's it been like being in Houston uh, with this team? What do you what do you see in this team and being here? Uh, well, how's it been for you thus far? Oh, it's been pretty fun, man. We got a lot of young guys that's hungry. Uh, it's not often you see a young team that uh, that the, the young guys are as mature as they are here, and they're willing to work, they're willing to listen, and uh, you know, with that, you can win. How's it been being up here in Green Bay, getting some work against these guys? You, know, you go for a week, and you're hitting your own guys, you're seeing your own guys, your own defense, and now you see these guys. How much, how valuable has this work been for these two days? Oh, I love it, man. Uh, to to come out here and, you know, like you said, we work on on our our skills, we work on everything going against our teammates. So it's awesome to go against somebody else, uh, go against another jersey color, and uh, to change the weather a little bit uh, from. From uh, hot, hot Texas to <laughs> yeah. this nice weather out here, it was a good uh, change of pace. Got a little feisty there for a little bit. It felt like you guys brought a lot of juice. Was that kind of a, a goal or a target for today, for you guys to bring the juice, to bring the energy the way you did? Uh, I, I think that's just who we are. Uh, like I said, we got a lot of young guys and you know even a lot of veterans that got a lot of spunk, that got a lot of energy, and we feed off each other. Who's the better dancer, you or Stevie Mitchell? Uh, I, I give it to uh, I, <laughs> I give it to Stevie Mitchell, man. I keep it real cool these days. <laughs> Who is the most likely to get fined in the running back room? Most likely, um, man. We actually got a pretty good group, a pretty good mature group. Uh, but I'll go with Crockett, one of our young guys. <laughs> it's always safe. If I got to throw somebody under the bus, I throw one of the young guys. <laughs> Tell on you the best, man. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, thank you. All right, Xavier Crockett, he was referring to Chippewa, one of two on the team right now. Okay. No, let's talking about Demaria Crockett, not Crawford. Demaria Crockett oh, oh, I th- from Mizzou. Sorry. Did I say Xavier? Oh. Yeah, you were you just know, trying you know, to work the Central Michigan angle. Well, there. you know what it was also? It's it's fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. I, I, I only you. know because I'm like, what? I, I did the interview. And I really was. I was, like, anxious to get any kind of Chippewa drop in there because we talked about it earlier about Matt LaFleur. Okay, even though he didn't go there, but his dad was an assistant coach there, and he's from the town. All right, so let's do this. Okay. Uh, gut reaction. You give me your gut reaction, okay. Ooh, or like I'll ask you a question, and you give me your opinion on all it. Right. All right, flip the tables this is, on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm flipping it here. Okay, Tom Brady's going to be a free agent after this year, maybe. Your gut reaction to his new contract. I'll believe it when I see it. Also, the house is on the market, one of them anyway. No, it's His not. Brookline one, yeah. But no, he's got another one near Foxborough or something. I'll Darlington I'll, was reporting that today. I will believe it when I see it, him okay. leaving. I just can't. Yeah. Mark, I cannot see him anywhere else. But does he retire? Does he time it so he retires? I don't think so. I'm just I, asking. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he's still – I mean, some of it depends on – I mean, look, the guy was 41 last year and everybody thought he was washed up and then he got in the playoffs against the Chiefs and lit them up like a Christmas tree. So I just – I don't think he's going to retire. Johnny, he's bulked up a little bit, right? Yeah, he has, yeah. At his age, all right, great, because you want to take the hits. But you're going to get some hits. And you're not – not that he's ever been quick, but he does move pretty well. Yeah, in that space like Dan Marino, yeah. He moves around the pocket. Yeah, we talk about Dan Marino, who did not move around as well once he got the Achilles injury. Right, right. But here's Brady at 42 years old. I mean, that little tiny sliver of speed that he might lose doing this, although, you know, he's – 
thought of this. Right. But what do you think, him bulked up a little bit? I, that doesn't bother me as long as he still, if, if, if I'm the Patriot, if I'm a Patriot yeah. fan or the, with the Patriots, as long as he can still navigate. You know, what Brady does such a great job of is he essentially eliminates the tackles from being a factor because of the way that he steps up in the pocket. Sometimes, sometimes he gets to a point where he has his guard center guard trio essentially just right at the line of scrimmage, just lock up everybody, right. let the tackles and all those guys run wide. In fact, right. the tackles, you know, uh, the tackles invite it up the field. Right. And then he just steps up behind those guys and lets all that trash work behind him. And then he gets rid of the football behind his guard center guard. So basically it turns into a game of like three on two or three on three. And he just stays behind those guys. And the tackles, he, they're almost irrelevant. With the Texans getting pressure up the middle in the first half of that playoff game huge. in 2016? It was yeah. huge. And that's, huge. that's big. That's what you have to do against him. You have yeah. to get that interior push or you have to manufacture it scheme-wise. I think that's the way you, you can get to him. And the thing was is in the Super Bowl, what the Rams didn't do in the fourth quarter was Donald couldn't get free to get there. He was taking a wide path, and Thune and, and uh, Mason were just kind of widening him out and getting him out of the, the, the view, and Brady was able to step up and make a few throws, and that was a all they needed. A few throws at the end. I that's mean, really, 13 points, my goodness. They did a tremendous job defensively on him. They should be proud of that part of it, but not so much with the offense. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Frank Reich, here's a pro football talk headline. Oh, boy. Frank Reich not fretting Andrew Luck's absence. You think Frank Reich is really fretting? What do you think Frank Reich is feeling here? He says, "Ah, we got Jacoby Brissett. We're okay." How do you think? How do you think they're feeling in Indy about Luck's injury? It's a mosquito bite. It's a mosquito bite, and what I mean by that is, and you get a mosquito bite, right? And you start to itch it a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, it's just a mosquito bite, no big deal. But then the mosquito bite keep you know like, dang it, this thing, ah, this mosquito bite. Yeah. And, and then a few days later, you're like, oh, and then you're like. Rip. This th- it could be like that in that the first day or so it's just you know mild annoyance and then all of a sudden a few days later it's like well okay still not back this is getting a little bit frustrating now and then all of a sudden you know we had to go through this last year and now it's you know maybe extends a few more days and now you're starting to get real like okay if you stay the course and stay patient then it shouldn't be a problem this should be fine and Frank Reich is usually pretty level headed about that but. I know as a coach, you want to have your guys slinging it. Now, the good news for them is that Jacoby Brissett can handle a lot of what they're doing. He can keep the machine running smoothly for the most part. Then when Andrew comes back, just insert him back in. But if I'm Frank Reich, it's like a mosquito bite. It just gets a little bit more annoying by the day. You keep itching it. You think it's going to go away, and it doesn't. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe this lingers a little bit, and I would like to see it linger a little bit longer, but that's – not because I want Andrew hurt. I just want Frank Reich to have to deal with some stuff. Aaron Rodgers does not like joint practices, and he talked today about, of all things, going semi-live in kickoff returns in a joint practice. Why is the quarterback talking about this? Is he just getting so old now that it's just the, – when these guys get older, they can opine about anything they want regarding why would he the team. Not, why would he not like joint practices? He, just, he, says, sense. he said, I wouldn't mind if they didn't. Here's a quote. I wouldn't mind if they didn't do it for another 14 years because they hadn't done it yeah, in yeah, a long yeah, time. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. Um, training camp is very important for our fans and our businesses, blah, blah, blah. I'd be bummed if we had to go out to another city. So he's talking about if they had to go away, yeah. all right, for a joint practice. And he said the kickoff especially is one of the most dangerous plays in football, and that's why they've tweaked different things over the years. Close to a live kickoff drill I don't think is the best use of a joint practice. Oh, my gosh. Now, that part of it, I, 
like so you just you, basically how are you going to practice? It's it? not a shot at your coach, but it's kind of a shot at your coach who yeah. arranged this. I mean, this was all signed off on yeah. by the powers that be for both teams. When the hell are you going to work on it? Well, you're not going to do it to your own games. guys. Yeah, I you're know. not going to do it to your own guys. So when when are you going to do it? Yeah. Joint practice is the best time to work on it. I know. So I, I mean, listen. I mean, you know, a lot of. Uh, Aaron said some things over the last few years. You kind of like, I don't know. I mean, he's he's kind of the king of passive aggressive sort of stuff. But you know, look, the the joint like I get the fact that you know going away for joint practices, getting away from the Packers fans. Like I understand that, man. It's a loyal fan base. I I wouldn't want to be away from my fan base. I don't love the fact that we're away from our fan base. Yeah, but you get a ton of work done. Yeah, you a do. A ton of work it's done. Good. And you're bringing in a team for the fans next week. Absolutely. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I, You know, look, sometimes you get stuck in your ways and you don't like, again, I go back to the whole thing like with RGM. Why are people so upset about that? Because it's different. Well, for 14 years since Aaron Rodgers has been here, nobody's come here, right? So now this is different. Yeah. So it's, it's liable to... Irritate for a little bit. It's who moved my cheese there in that go. sense. Right. All right, so Kirk Benkert, who is that? That was the Falcons', Falcons. third-string quarterback vying for playing time with Matt Schaub, looking pretty good in the Hall of Fame game he's out for the season. Oh, no. Yeah, injured reserve. Oh, well, I, I, you know, maybe he can come back from that because he's on IR, but that really tough. that guarantees virtually Schaub a 16th year in the NFL. Yeah, and Bankert looked good the other day. The Texans coached him at the Senior Bowl a couple years ago, and, you know, every now and again he would – you. And I thought this when I was studying on a film, like, boy, you could see something, something there. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, you know, top-notch starter, but you could see a guy that could stick around because he's got a little bit of athleticism and can do some things. But uh, it's unfortunate that he – it's unfortunate when you see a quarterback, too. I mean, tears – what do you do, tears ACL? Uh, I didn't see. He's out for the year. Well, Ugh. injured reserve. Injured reserve. So, tell me, Zeke, for the Dallas Cowboys, they've got three guys that they want to pay – uh, they would all like the money. Everybody would like to get paid. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Uh, not to get into their drama, but it's pretty interesting about the non lack of reporting anyway for well, one Ezekiel Elliott, who, it, without a report today, loses a year of free agency, right? Or yeah, toward free agency. Yeah, I think something like that. But I don't think Zeke needs to worry about that. I mean, he's going to get paid wherever he's going to end up going. But the, right. the thing about it is the Cowboys have crafted that offense. Now, Kellen Moore is the offense coordinator this year, so we'll see how that changes a little bit. But Kellen Moore, all right, Kellen Moore, uh, the Cowboys have crafted that offense around Zeke. Like, Zeke is the focal point of the offense. Yep. Whereas nearly every, every, every other team in the league has put it around their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, our offense revolves around Deshaun. I mean, obviously there are pieces there, but it revolves around Deshaun. In, in Dallas, it is this offense is going to revolve around Zeke. Great He's, line, play action so strong, right. they have a back that good. Right, and so he is the focal point, focal point of that offense. So they got to make a decision. If they don't decide, they're like, nope, we're going to just ride this out. You can win with some other running back. Then you're going to have to retool that offense to make sure that Dak's got enough weapons to throw to outside of Amari Cooper. Yeah. So that that to me is the biggest deal there. How do you handle that situation in that Zeke has such the, the offense is so geared for him. So mm-hmm. you're going to change it or modify it. How do you do that with just Dak and Amari Cooper and Jason Witten? You can do it, but now you got to put it back on Dak's lap and then you pay Dak and you don't pay Zeke. Go draft the running back next year. There'll be all kinds of them. 
All right, that's going to do it for our emergency improv show as we move from our hotel, which was our preferred broadcast location for tonight, to here due to equipment issues, but we will get it all corrected. We're going to be here at the atrium at Lambeau Field. Tomorrow morning, we'll have John McClain on. John's going to break down every position on the team. Eight oh, yeah. seconds each player. It's going to be awesome, and it is coming up tomorrow morning, 8 to 10 a.m., and don't forget that Sean and Seth have their show from 6 to 8 in the loop. You know, all the guys going to be on all day long. We'll get you ready for Thursday night, 7 o'clock, Texans-Packers. Have a great night. Thank you, BMAC, for producing. Go Texans! Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio.